0: Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with
1: John Henneken where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even
0: imagine. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan and our host, uh, uh, Frank Selby, who is uh, um, doing a Christmas deed right now. He's in a car, so if the um, sound doesn't come by perfect, then we apologize for that. But uh, I think he's on a Bluetooth right now. Frank. Yes. Happy Holidays.
2: You too.
0: And uh, apparently, you're healthy now. You, I know you've been in and out of the hospital a few times for different things, but you yeah. know you're a tough old bird, and they just don't seem to, can't seem to slow you down.
1: They can't kill me and keep me dead. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. <laughs> and keep you dead. That's right. A few weeks ago, they had to stop your heart and restart it. But uh, um, well, when I grew up, I want to be like you, Frank. <laughs>
1: Well, you'll never grow up. You're just like me. You'll yeah. always stay young.
0: Yeah, there there is something to that, isn't there? But yeah. uh well, let's put it this way. You may have to get old, but you don't have to grow up.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, Frank,
1: just the opposite. I I never want to get old. I never I've already grown up.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we got uh, only got a couple minutes right now and we're going to we had a great show. Today we're going to be talking about conservation. And everybody has different views on it. Um, I have mine, and sometimes they don't uh, coincide with the you know the real people consider themselves con- conservationists. But we've got some experts coming on. Uh, we're going to have uh, Cindy Noble, and she's with Trout Unlimited. Tom Raptikin who is uh, uh, the head of the. Uh, Sports Fishing Conservancy, and Bill Shedd from AFTCO. That is his, AFTCO has donated more than a million dollars to conservation efforts. So we're going to see if, what we can learn and find out. And then we might be able to get uh, John Marriott on about soft science. But it's be I'd
1: like great. to have him on. He's always fun to talk to, and he has the best shoes in the world.
0: That's right. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. I got to get some more for you. But um, anyway, yeah, I appreciate it. We got to go, and we got some great trips. Uh, our Alaska trip this year is July twenty-four to 28, I think. So keep that in mind. It'd be a great Christmas present for somebody. We're going to yeah. be right back with you on Cork, at, excuse me, on Fish Talk Radio.
5: With a long pedigree, the Snowbee brand today offers the very best equipment modern technology can provide. Started in Europe, Snowbee is now providing quality fly fishing gear in the USA. Waders' clothing, rods, reels, fly lines, bags, and innovative new accessories. Enjoy your sport and leisure time more than ever. The affordable value of Snowbee makes it available to everyone. Go to snowbee-usa.com.
0: Fish talk Hunt Radio with John Henneken This is John Hennigan, and of course we have our host Frank Selby on the line with us. Who's just pulling up to his house right now. Right now, I think he's on his Bluetooth, but uh, he's going to be joining us. And on the line right now, we have Cindy Noble, and Cindy is with uh, Trout Unlimited. And Cindy, maybe first thing we should talk about is you. Uh, and Trout Unlimited, just kind of give us a quick overview of what what it is and what you do.
6: Great. Uh, my name's Cindy Noble. I'm a. I'm a, currently I'm the State Council for California, the State Council Chairperson, which has been a real honor to be elected into this position. And I've been doing stuff with at the local level at our local level here in Plumas County in Northern California for about thirteen years. <laughs> And, uh, again, part of that is is attending state meetings and finding out what TU is doing um, at the state level in addition to some of the national pro- pro- projects mm-hmm. that actually come back down to us at the grassroots level. Okay. Now,
0: one of the questions that every one of our guests, I want to ask them today, is that, you know, I firmly believe that the... Um, the front line in conservation are hunters and anglers because they know they understand sometimes i think they understand more what should be done than elected officials think they should be done but that's a different subject but uh, uh how two questions how are we doing and what do we need to do better
6: I think Tu actually is doing a really good job at some of our science projects across the nation. We're doing a really good job. Um, one of the initiatives that Tu has really, um, really do- put a lot of energy into, and now is being very successful with, is this whole diversity piece. I think they started off thinking what they'd like to do is encourage more women to participate in angling and conservation, and what they've really found is it's actually a really much broader discussion than that. It's like. Really- really inclusion in a much bigger way, um, women and families, and again, other cultures. I mean, there are other cultures in this nation that have made huge strides in community efforts, and I think that's one thing that, TU has done a great job is trying Mm -hmm. to connect with these smaller populations and include them into some of the conservation work that we're doing. Well,
0: you mentioned women, and from what I understand, the fastest growing segment of the angling community is women.
6: I think there are some. There is some good data. I don't have that right at my hand, my fingertips right now. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people. I mean, again, there. I say really, when you look at this, if the centerpiece is conservation, there are a lot of angles to getting into uh, conservation, and one of the ways is through fishing and hunting. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the the women women anglers, I mean. But there's some awesome young women that are now really connecting with each other mm-hmm. and connecting with wider populations in their communities, making sure that, they, that we are making this available. I mean, a lot of people now talk about fishing as a total tool to stress relief,
0: which mm-hmm. is amazing. It is. <laughs> yes. As I said, our logo is the All Natural Attitude Adjustment. So,
6: exactly. You, know, exactly. You, can't,
0: you can't have a line in the water anywhere without being in a beautiful place to be. Gonna... Well, and
6: the other thing, it gives you focus on mm-hmm. something, and then that satisfaction um, about, I mean, it's, like you say, it's, it, there. you know, there's the fishing, and then there's the catching. So mm-hmm. the thing is actually to derive a sense of real satisfaction out of just being outdoor in nature, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that, you know, um, nowadays we should all be looking at that from the sense of um, giving, giving people the opportunity to set down their phones and set down their computers and walk away and experience stuff that really can touch them deeply if they mm-hmm. go outside into nature.
0: Well, you know, some people say that uh, baseball, I guess, is American sport. To me, I believe way before baseball was was fishing, fishing and hunting, where, you know, it was passed down from father to son or to daughter. And it's, uh, you know, it's something inherent, uh, you know, all the way back to, you know, when you know when the people that lived in United States. United States what it is now mm-hmm. were hunter gatherers and uh, exactly. you know that was and they they had a sense of um, conservation and they knew over you know thousands of years what worked and sometimes there's uh something that uh, you might call um, um unforeseen consequences. Yep. But But, uh, you know, sometimes when you try and do good, you know, there's a, an effect that you weren't looking for. But when it comes to fishing, uh, when we talk about conservation, I think we're probably talking about maintaining a healthy stock. Is that right?
6: Yeah, well in in many ways. I mean, I think that, that like the, as as you're saying that sense of connecting with the outdoors, I think that once again fishing is a venue into conservation. I read a great article in a local magazine up here, California Fly Fisherman, about a young man who just talks specifically about taking his young children, you know, mm-hmm. ages 2 and 3 out wow. fishing as a dad, and he said it was amazing to watch those kids develop into five- and seven-year-olds that had a sense of what it is to be in nature. And, you know, fishing came much later, but the connection to nature and the water and all the things that were going on in the water was something they could just sit in the sand and talk about.
0: Well, you know, it uh, reminds me of something. We've done a fair amount of uh, kids' derbies. And you go out on the pier, these kids are bringing up these little herring or whatever they are. It's the first fish they ever caught. And the part of the process, they're supposed to go over and, and get it measured and put it back in the water. And these kids will have a death grip with both hands on this squiggly thing. And the smile is, is you know, from ear to ear. And they're so excited. It just seems like a natural uh, thing that, you know, that people people enjoy.
6: Well, that's another one of the programs that Trout Unlimited, I do believe, does a really good job with. Nationwide, in, in many chapters throughout the nation, we have a, a program called Trout in the Classroom. And, and really, um, there's sort of a basic set of tenants that we like the teachers to provide um, to students, which, you know, begins with um, the life cycle. And then what they do is raise um, eggs into fingerlings mm-hmm. and then release them into a creek or stream close by the school. But again, this program can just be so much more. And it's just a really mm-hmm. amazing thing. I think lots of times now, what we are starting to see with kids is anything that we can do that is truthfully hands on, like mm-hmm. you say, even if in the beginning it's a death grip because yeah. they just really are not connected. Yeah. But after a while, I mean, it's like when you see kids really connect to an, a fish that they have just caught and that they realize that it's alive, mm-hmm. that is such an amazing feeling
1: for a child. Well, Let's take a step back. One one quick thing. We always have a bunch of the kids from the homes. We go up to, like, uh, East Fork of the San Gabriel, and we clean, and we try to put some habitat back. We do a lot of that, too, and you're not touching on that at
7: all.
6: Uh, well, well, all the conservation efforts, I mean, I think that that's probably one of the most, um, you know, common activities that chapters at the grassroots level try to participate in is basically you find and connect your uh, chapter to a stream, a creek, a system, and then get, you know, basically kids and adults to come out and see and talk about, You know where it's where we're starting from, and Mm -hmm. then what kind of steps that can be taken to improve habitat for fish. You know, moving forward, Uh, and some of those are really amazing experiences too.
0: Because we're we're getting close to the end, Um, but the question originally is, uh, how are we doing, and what can we do better? But I think you've just answered that, and that is improving the habitat.
6: Yeah. Improve the habitat, but also just encourage um, diversity in our, our, um, you know, our opening our arms to mm-hmm. uh, more people getting involved in these activities. Okay.
0: Well, we're going to have to cut you off, but um, you, but uh, United, uh, or, excuse me, Trout Unlimited, I'm sure they're not hard to find. And there's a yeah, chapter t-u. near you somewhere.
6: .org is our website, and you okay. can get a lot of information there.
0: org. That's fantastic. Thank you, Cindy. We appreciate your input.
6: You I appreciate the yes, opportunity. Have a great afternoon. You
0: betcha. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we'll be right back with you.
6: Uh-huh.
1: Let's go fishing, honey.
5: With a long pedigree, the Snowbee brand today offers the very best equipment modern technology can provide. Started in Europe, Snowbee is now providing quality fly fishing gear in the USA. Waders, clothing, rods, reels, fly lines, bags, and innovative new accessories. Enjoy your sport and leisure time more than ever. The affordable value of Snowbee makes it available to everyone. Go to snowbee-usa.com.
2: i
0: Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. this is John Hennigan, and of course, we have our host Frank Selby, and we've got a special guest he's been on a few times, but not nearly enough. Um, Tom Raftikin can I tell a quick story.
1: Awesome. Uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, let's we're start. just we're just well, trying to
0: figure out how long it's been. We have
1: too many stories going back. Yeah. I wonder what it, it is.
0: Well, it goes back to uh, the very first show that we did. Um, you were the only. It was I decided to do this fishing show on a local radio station, and you know, I originally you had to find a sponsor and find some talent that somebody would host the show. Didn't have much luck, so I we got, well, I guess <laughs> I guess we're doing it. So Tom, a friend of mine, um, was the only person that I knew that has ever had a microphone in front of his face. And uh, Mike Miropolis, who was the outdoor writer for the local newspaper, the three of us started off, and it was more than 15 years ago, apparently. Yep. And so it's, you know, things have changed a lot. Uh, you've gone through a lot of different things. You know, we have uh, changed somewhat. We're from a local station, and now we're on 40 broadcast stations and virtually every digital media that's out there. And we recently got picked up by uh, um, Sirius XM Radio. So, and you have, you were with, uh, you went into with uh, United, United Angeles of Southern California. You headed up for a while. Ten different things, and then you uh, went off and and I uh, guess started. Uh, is that a way to put it? The sport fishing conservancy.
1: Yes, we run the sport fishing conservancy, and do you know we we basically work with the recreational fishing community, and and I, it's kind of like getting that middle ground between get make sure that. that fishermen get out there and, and have a good idea of what to do. And, and then also, the, you know, we maintain a presence in Sacramento mm-hmm. um, and around the country, for that matter, well, and, you know- and looking for to ensure that there are... Um, there's good policy mm-hmm. uh, coming forward for recreational fishing.
0: Oh, things have changed a lot in the last 15 years. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to see some of the results of some of the things that were put in place many years ago, and I'm sure you're aware, thing that excites me, that they've opened up uh, the rockfish, or actually the red snapper variety that used to be huge, and it got to the point where they had to just shut it down about well, 15, 20 yeah, years ago. It,
1: and this is happening here because we put good management in place. And the other thing in, in the United States, which, you know, sometimes they a problem outside the borders of the United States. With the United States, we usually have fairly good enforcement. But when you enforce good fisheries management, good things happen. With all of these things, they're very complex problems. You know, you've got ocean regimes that change along with, with the management practices. But the United States has done a, a, a world leading, has played a world leading role in, in good fisheries management. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of places in Europe that kind of keep up, and, and, and we go back and forth on that. But we've done a good job. California, we've done a good job in exactly what you're saying about rockfish coming back of age. Can you now fish to, I think, 75 fathoms offshore. Mm. And the reason is, is because the protections were put in place and, and these populations are coming back actually a lot faster than they anticipated. Well, there's,
0: there's some things, especially uh, rockfish, that grow very, very slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Dorado can go from an egg to 20 pounds in two years. Yep. But uh, you know, when you're talking about rockfish, I mean, you just to be legal size, you've got to be what seven, eight years old.
1: I, I you know, I. I <laughs> I, don't trust me on the years of rockfish. I, they're very, very long-lived.
0: Yeah, um, they, they grow very slow. It takes slow.
1: a long time mm-hmm. till they get to the productive stage. But mm-hmm. the thing is, they, they they kick out tremendous year classes to kind of make up for that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of come along. But, you know, the other thing is, take a look out there now. Um, we've got some awesome tuna fishing going on offshore. I mean, some of the largest tuna caught here in, in, in half a century. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that reason is also, you know, having the United States out there pushing for good management around the world, mm-hmm. not everybody pays attention to this. There's some um, bad actors, uh, well, you're in talk- Asia, but 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 by and large, we've done a good job mm-hmm. on it because of that management. We're job. catching giant tuna offshore here right well, now.
0: Well, the difference, obviously, is pelagic fish, the ones that uh, swim great distances. Uh, you know, they may go highly th- migratory. Th- yeah, they yep. might go thousands of miles. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if one area is taking all they can get, then, uh, you know, that depletes the stock.
1: Yeah, well, lo- look at our tuna right off our shore in California right now. I have never seen people catching tuna for 21 months straight. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Thanks, Frank. Because, I'm in I mean, shock. it really is wide open out there. Um, and these are not necessarily all small fish either. Um Jenny Armstrong worked with us for years, uh, premier female angler, and she, her husband and family, uh, I mean, on their private boat brought in a bluefin, and I know it was over 200 pounds. I don't know what the final total was, but we're talking massive fish for, you know, I mean, small, you know, 20, 30 foot skiffs out, mm-hmm. of, out of California. So, I mean, I got one question they asked you. Do you still have uh, your presence in all the shows, like the Hall shows, the Sportsman shows? Do you still come down and do that? You know, I, I haven't done that in, uh, with the Hall show in about two years. Yeah. Um, you know, they've gone through some changes in management. I'll probably try and get back and talk to some folks over there. They're interesting shows. Um, and, and Bart does a good job there. Oh. And, and you know, the same thing, you know, Duncan McIntosh took it over. and, and I, You know, Duncan has done boat shows forever and has done a really, really good job with it. So uh, the thing is, we don't. I don't run a membership organization. You know, we work with the fishing community. We sit down. We talk to fishing clubs. We go around. We will get out. And it it, it, it it doesn't always. That isn't always the best venue for doing something like that. So. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Does that answer know, your question, but-
1: Frank? Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, you know, I think the club, the shows gives a lot of people knowledge that they don't have unless you're there telling a little bit about exactly how we're doing everything. And mm-hmm. the more we get out there, the better our fishing gets
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, Tom, with the responsible people.
0: Tom, if you don't mind, I'm trying to, you know, every person we talk to is, how are we doing and what can we do better? Yeah, and that's, that's what we're looking at. You've talked about some of the successes that we've had, um, and how can we do better? Also, Tom, um, you know, your sport fishing conservancy is your main, but, uh, you know, we had wildlife that we have to pay attention to also. So sure. I'm not sure if there's a question in there or not, but, you know,
1: well, what, I think how can we do better? Well, I think you're going is, is how do we do better? And mm-hmm. I think, first of all, um, a big part of this is teaching the kids, and, you know, we do the no-motor fishing tournament. We've had, you know, almost half the people that signed up for the no-motor this year were kids. We had uh, uh Marco Farrell. Marco has probably been on the show, but Marco actually... Uh, he he picked up the cost of all the kids getting in there, so it wow. was really a good deal. We do a lot of this stuff with kids fishing. We work with the Hispanic Access Foundation this past summer to get kids out. Uh, we're putting together a program you know, with the folks in the East Coast, Anglers for Conservation. And, you know, this is not only about getting kids out fishing, it's getting them engaged in the sport, you know, uh, so that they understand not just fishing and taking fish, but conservation's a big part of this. And I think there's mm-hmm. a national program on right now that's doing a tremendous job in this, the R3 program through the National Fish and Wildlife Service and R3, you'll recruit, retain, reactivate. This is about increasing current participation in outdoor sports. This is mostly Hunting and fishing. So, you know, yes, there are efforts out there to try and get some of this stuff turned around. And what we really try to do is make sure that recreational fishermen are known for the good deeds that they do. You know, oftentimes we get painted with a bad brush. But the thing is, by and large, recreational fishermen do a really good job and mm-hmm. are conservation-oriented. Well,
0: Tom, one, one thing that we didn't mention, in Charlotte Unlimited they talked about uh, habitat, you know, for the, you know, cleaning the streams and you know, making sure right. that they have healthy stocks. Um, what about habitat in the ocean?
1: Well, habitat in the ocean is extremely important. I mean, you take a look at off of Southern California. If you look at the Southern California bite, it's well over 90% soft strata. What that means is the bottom is either mud or sand, and, and that's not very productive habitat. So there are opportunities for... Um, enhanced habitat, artificial reefs that go in. You know, I spent some time testifying last summer. There's uh, a reef going in off of Palos Verdes, and we actually got this through the State Lands Commission uh, with a unanimous vote on the commission. And and it was done by the Montrose Settlement, Montrose Chemical Company, uh, hmm. did some bad stuff going back about 30 years ago. But there's an opportunity to put something in and we're getting state support on these things. Mm-hmm. We worked with the Register Reefs program for a long, long time, mm-hmm. And there is legislation that allows the conversion of our offshore um, platforms to artificial reefs. Some of that may be coming up in the not-too-distant future with what's going on in Platform Holly off of Santa Barbara. So, you know, we're engaged in a lot of this stuff, but it doesn't always make the front. The stuff that right. I end up doing is usually the boring stuff in the background, well, there's, but uh, we're there.
0: I think out Florida and the Gulf, there's places that they're actually sinking ships uh, to create habitat.
1: Well, they've done that actually off um, Coronado. Uh, you know, I have- I'm trying to think of the organization that did it, but the Yukon uh, was was mm-hmm. uh, sunk there, and that was actually how they got it done so yeah. fairly quickly. Was it was done within the jurisdiction of the city of San Diego, and it's now a premier dive destination. There you go.
0: Okay, well uh, I think that answers Wong, that. Is you know what really what got that where going. we're coming, but we are making progress, Tom. Yeah. We're just about out of time right now, and if somebody's interested in the Sport Fishing Conservancy, what's the website?
1: BoarFishingConservancy.org. Okay, that
0: sounds pretty easy.
1: And yeah, keep, keep easy. Up, keep up
0: the, easy. Keep up the good work. One Tom. in a row. <laughs> All right, we appreciate it. We'll have you on more often, Tom. You're doing a great job. Appreciate that. Care, you, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio, and uh, go to our website. Listen to the show as many times as you want. We'll be right back with you. Uh-huh.
8: Drop it. Yeah,
2: beat him up. Good line about everybody. Time to head back to the bar. You too, Murphy.
0: Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and also our host, Frank Selby, who's a consummate uh, fly angler, uh, guide, uh, owns a uh, fly fishing shop along with his beautiful wife. And uh, we really appreciate having uh, Frank uh, helping us out on Fish Hunt Talk Radio. We have um, the rare opportunity to talk to one of the uh, most well known people in the fishing industry, and that is Bill Shedd, who has a family history um, in in, uh, in the ocean fisheries primarily that we'd like him to mention real quick and then uh, we've got well, just to tell you a little bit, AFTCO is American Fishing Tackle Company that started what fifty, sixty years ago, Bill. Yeah, n- nineteen fifty-eight. Whoa, that's more than that, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, his dad, of course, was we'll talk about it for a minute, but uh, the AFTCO does not make fishing rods. The reason they don't make fishing rods is they make the world's finest parts for fishing rods and they don't want to try and compete with their you know the people that they that they sell to but i'll tell you what an easy way to check the quality if you're not familiar with the rod and you're in a store um, especially the easy one is uh, roller guides so if you've got a trolling rod and you look at the very top roller and if it says aft atf on it you know that that company is using the best possible equipment which means that it it's probably a quality rod and that's the simplest way i know to tell the difference if you don't know any other way
7: well that's a great explanation thank you it's uh we've 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 long been uh, big on quality in this company and uh, not not always the uh, the least expensive but certainly uh, focused on being the best
0: mm-hmm. and just to give a little bit of history uh just a, a couple of things about uh, your dad that started it and then uh and i want to talk about some of the things that you do to enhance our you know especially ocean water uh, the, the habitat well, so
7: yeah th- thank you our family's been involved around ocean issues and ocean businesses for a long time my dad was the co-founder of SeaWorld. they uh he and his partner started uh, the first fuel in San Diego in 1964. Uh, that really came in large part just out of his love for the ocean and interest in the ocean. And um, he actually, he and my mother bought uh, AFCO in, uh, in 1974. The business was started by a man by the name of J.C. Axelson. That was a small little tackle business and. Uh, We've grown it significantly since then and uh, made uh, gone from making just roller guides to a uh, you know, full range of parts, uh, the handles, uh, mm-hmm, the uh, real mm-hmm. seats, uh, the butts for mm-hmm. big-game fishing rods and harnesses and gaffs, and outrigger clips and bait nets and a full range of complement items that the serious big-game fishermen would use.
0: Well, the other thing, when you talk about quality, uh, over the years, uh, through your generosity, I've been able to pick up a couple of Guy Harvey shirts. And the difference in quality between those, and, I mean, they're not cheap, but they're not overpriced.
7: No, it's, uh, uh, Guy Harvey is known to the fishing world by just about everybody. He's the world's, uh, world's best uh, marine fish artist. And... Um uh, has a very popular line that we're proud to be able to produce for him with T-shirts and uh, mm-hmm. and clothing items that are known all over the country by by, by fishermen and and just ocean ju- ocean lovers generally, uh, primarily in the southeast of the United States, but. Uh, you know all over the coastal uh, coastal states as well.
0: By the way, I think I'm wearing a pair of your pants right now. Great. And I love them because you can wear them in any weather and they're comfortable and, you know, I throw them on the floor and pick them up a couple of days later and put them back on and they're not wrinkled. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Perfect. That's what we start we started in uh in making clothing in, uh, in, in 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 1989 and the first item we made was a pair of fishing shorts. Oh. It's uh, you know still to this day one of our most popular items.
0: Oh, well, for good reason. And the shirts, of course, Guy Harvey, uh, with his paintings or artwork on them, uh, they stand out. So, you know, I have a place down at Cabo San Lucas, and you walk, um, you know, down by the marina, and you, from a distance, you can spot one of his shirts.
7: Well, he's the best. There's no doubt. There's no, no doubt about it.
0: Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's talk about... You know, our main conversation, conservation, conversation. Um, and I'd, I'd like to point out, because I know you're, um, you know, probably not the kind of person that would. Um expound on it, but your company, your f- family, I believe has given more than a million dollars to the conservation effort, and they suggest you give a percentage a sizable percentage of your profits into that so could you give us an idea about what it is that you support
7: well sh- sure- um, you know we, we long have taken uh, over ten percent of our profits every every year for gosh, thirty forty years and uh, and put them back into marine conservation uh, efforts um we uh, uh have, have been big supporters of the, the igfa of the cca of the american sport fishing association the asa spend uh lots of time i spend uh gosh i've spent 500 hours a year for the last 30 years on marine resource uh, conservation and fishing industry issues to do things like recently we were able to work with a number of other partners and uh get legislation passed that's going to eliminate the use of uh, the uh, drift drift nets here in California waters, mm-hmm. just
0: one uh, one recent example. Well, Bill, this is a personal opinion, and Frank, uh, I'm sure you can uh, jump in that uh, you know overfishing a, a particular place in usually because that's where you know if there's a place that's that's easy to reach, those are the ones that get hit pretty hard. But uh, the Um, The question that I'm trying to get everybody to answer is how are we doing as far as um, maintaining healthy stocks and what do we need to do better?
7: Well, on inshore fishes around the country, we've actually made huge progress in the last 15 years on, on bringing back depleted resources. I mean, just you look in Southern California and you've got a much better chance to catch a white sea bass today than you did 20 years ago in the Gulf Coast. Um, they've, uh, they've brought back the uh, through conservation me- measures they've brought back the, uh, the, the, the redfish um, mm-hmm. in the east coast they've brought back the, uh, uh, the striped bass and there's just uh, you know, numerous examples around the country of inshore game fish where uh, through better management not through big huge uh, closed fishing areas but through uh, better management practices uh, size limits uh, season limits Uh, Just responsible fishing activities and catch and release have brought back the inshore game fish, you know, all around this country. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and I might say something that uh, I'm sure Frank will agree with is that if you're a farmer, you want to um, uh, operate in the most successful way um, possible to produce the most yield and make the most money. And, you know, if you're a fisherman, you know, obviously you're going to try and do what works best. Problem is, sometimes it works too well, especially you know in the last thirty years or so, with what things have been able to do. Personally, I don't believe that somebody with a hook and line has much of an effect um, on depleting our species. What's your thoughts on that?
7: You know, I'd, I'd agree with it. You. I you know, really have a hard time finding an example where uh, an angler or a group of anglers with a single hook and line have uh, caused major uh, resource. Uh, Uh, problems with the fisheries, but I can give you all kinds of examples Mm -hmm. where uh, commercial gear types of fishing, of of certain gear, it's not that commercial fishermen is is bad, it's there's certain types of gear that are bad. Uh, Gill nets, for example, long lines, bottom trawls, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, these are uh, ways of taking fish out of the sea that either are too indiscriminate or take too many fish. Mm -hmm. Back to the example of your farmer. That farmer probably has a, a pond out on his lake, and if he wants to go catch a few bass, it would be very effective if he threw dynamite in there. He catch yeah. a lot of bass, <laughs> yeah. but that's not the way to harvest yeah. the the bass yeah. all at once and indiscriminately like that. Yeah. So, uh, just as in, on uh, in the ocean, we just need to be careful of how we're how we're removing the fish from the ocean. What mm-hmm. is the most uh, not only efficient and effective, but the most uh, um, environmentally friendly and. Mm-hmm resource-minded way to do it
0: well the other part of the question is how are we doing and how can we do better what are your thoughts on what, you know what's possible that we could be
7: doing better at well you know lots of things are possible um, you know for example there's uh, around the country we've begun to develop uh, uh, saltwater fish hatcheries uh, they've had a lot of success in the Gulf uh, helping to bring back the redfish uh, we've got a program here in California with white sea bass a hatchery program with white sea bass and now we're we're looking at, uh, uh, at also adding the possibility of a- adding, uh, hopefully, halibut to that program as well. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you ask, what can the, the typical angler do uh, to help with a resource? Really, it's support one of those many of them, support one of the organizations that's near you mm-hmm. that, that's involved in some of these uh, Uh, resource and conservation issues.
0: Okay. Uh, Frank, we're getting close on time again, but uh, why don't you just uh, take a minute or so with Bill?
1: Well, I, I really watched the white sea bass program really hard when Packy started that years ago better known as uh, the Chewing Gum Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Patrick Pat was a great supporter of that program. Yes, sir. Yeah, I miss him a lot. Anyway, what I was going to say, actually, I think in 2018, we have more white sea bass back in our local waters than we did in 1960. They're not quite as big as they were then, but our mul- our fish population of white sea bass
5: has really quadrupled. Mm-hmm.
0: So it sounds like we're going to have to uh, cut it off because we're about out of time, unfortunately. I'd like to spend the whole hour with Bill, but yeah. uh, you know, I just to give a little bit of a plug. Um, you you normally don't sell direct to the public, but if someone uh, wants to do their own rods and reels, they can get that from you.
7: Uh, the, the clothing we do sell online, you can go to asco.com, A F T C O.com. You can buy our whole clothing line online. And it's uh, good stuff. The, the, the guides and the tackle items are shown online, but okay. those products would all be bought by your local right. water tackle.
0: Well, we got to go. If anybody wants to buy me a Christmas present, go to there. Anyway, uh, Bill, thank you. we got to go. You're blessing the Fish on Talk Radio. Go to our website.
3: Yeah. Come on, fish and
5: Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan.
0: This is John Hennigan, and of course we have our host Frank Selby on the line with us. And we've got another special guest today that's, uh, um, you know, Christmas is, by the time you hear it, uh, it may already be over depending on, you know, how you tune in or when you tune in or what station you're listening to, but even though it's last minute, might have some ideas for you. We have John Marriott with Soft Science Shoes. Now, I don't consider him shoes. I consider him a piece of equipment. And, you know, whether you're fishing or hiking or whatever it is you're doing, you want the best equipment because it all starts with the feet and goes up from there. Right, John?
8: Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we've got uh, what I consider uh, to be the the they're the pinnacle of performance comfort footwear. Uh, you know, you're not going to find something that offers better slip resistance, better stability, and comfort all in one package that you can actually afford.
0: Well, the other thing is I probably shouldn't say this. People think, what? But it's not uncommon for me to wear the same shoes every day for a week, 10 days, or more. Uh, I don't wear socks. My feet don't stink, <laughs> and uh, and you know you just put them on, and you just they just feel good, and it and it lasts all day. You know, where normally it's like you go to the uh, uh, last time I was down at the hall show last year. You had some down there, and you know if you get somebody to put a they've been walking the shows for a couple hours and their feet hurt, and you get them to put a pair of soft science on, and everyone to put them on bottom.
8: Yeah, you know, that's uh we've we've at boat shows before had uh, a trash can uh in the display because so many people came into our booth tried on our shoes and wanted to wear them out uh, of our boots and just wear them for the rest of the show. And they were throwing out whatever it was that, that they, they walked wanted.
0: in with. <laughs> That's great.
8: You did well, that at the last show I was at. You
1: sold out of the favorite, my favorite pair was the little lace-up deck shoes. Oh, by the way,
0: Frank put a, he's got a special Christmas request. Uh, he is a consummate uh, angler, a uh, fly fisherman, and he needs a pair of wading boots.
8: The terrafin uh, is exactly what you're looking for. Uh, the, our lace-up uh, fly fishing boot is perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, also you've got those uh, uh, neoprene ones that zip up. I like those because I don't like laces, especially especially boots where you got so many. But uh, but they are extremely comfortable. And a lot of times you put a shoe on, and you go, oh, this feels pretty good. You know, but after a couple of months, they they don't. Where years, you know, you, you know, I've got some that are, you know, over a year old, and you put them on, and they feel just as good as they did when they were brand new.
8: Yeah, I worked yeah, you know, mine about uh, uh, every two weeks. The, the trillion that uh, is the composite that uh, is part of the, the insole and the outsole really doesn't have memory to it. So, you know, if you wear them around, you know, a lot of other materials will compress over time uh, and, you know, kind of take the shape of your foot. And, and once that happens, you don't get the same cushioning. Um, But, you know, once you take your soft science shoes off, uh, the Mm -hmm. the trillion expands back to its original shape. So every time you put them on, you get the same cushioning. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, John, um, we're going to have let you go, but let's mention that if you, it is close, but there's uh, still time to get some gift certificates that you can, you know, get online and to give those away, or if somebody gave you something to buy for yourself for Christmas, uh, go to the website, which is
8: softscience.com
0: that's an easy one softscience.com take a look at what they got you got some new stuff coming out and i got to talk to you about get, trying some of that out so I can know more about it we appreciate that yeah you that. bet okay uh, thank you very much John and uh, Frank Selby thank you so much for helping us out today as usual you did a fantastic job
1: yeah well I was a little short on time today okay. but I tried
0: okay. Okay. okay go to fishhunttalkradio.com listen to the show as many times as you want